Welcome to Emily Rose Meditations. I'm your host, Emily, and today we'll sit with chapter 14 of book one of The Dark Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross. So find a comfortable seat, take a deep breath, and make your heart ready to receive these words. When this house of sensuality was now at rest, that is, was mortified, its passions being quenched and its desires put to rest and lulled to sleep by means of this blessed night of the purgation of the sense, the soul went forth to set out upon the road and way of the spirit, which is that of progressives and proficients, and which, by another name, is called the way of illumination or of infused contemplation, wherein God himself feeds and refreshes the soul without meditation or the soul's active help. Such, as we have said, is the night and purgation of sense in the soul. In those who have afterwards to enter the other and more formidable night of the spirit, in order to pass to the divine union of love of God, for not all pass habitually here, there too, but only the smallest number. It is wont to be accompanied by formidable trials and temptations of sense, which last for a long time, albeit longer in some cases than others. For to some an angel of Satan presents himself, namely the spirit of fornication, that he may buffet their senses with abominable and violent temptations and trouble their spirits with vile considerations and representations which are most visible to the imagination, which things at times are a greater affliction to them than death. At other times in this night, there is added to these things the spirit of blasphemy, which roams abroad setting in the path of all the conceptions and thoughts of the soul intolerable blasphemies. These it sometimes suggests to the imagination with such violence that the soul almost utters them, which is a grave torment to it. At other times, another abominable spirit, which Isaiah calls spiritus vertiginous, is allowed to possess them not in order that they may fall, but that it may try them. This spirit darkens their senses in such a way that it fills them with numerous scruples and perplexities, so confusing that as they judge, they can never by any means be satisfied concerning them. Neither can they find any help for their judgment in counsel or thought. This is one of the severest goads and horrors of this night, very closely akin to that which passes in the night of the spirit. As a rule, these storms and trials are sent by God in this night and purgation of sense to those whom afterwards he purposes to lead into the other night, though not all reach it. To the end, that when they have been chastened and buffeted, they may in this way continually exercise and prepare themselves continually accustom their senses and faculties to the union of wisdom, which is to be bestowed upon them in that other night. For if the soul cannot be tempted, exercised, and proved with trials and temptations, it cannot quicken its sense for wisdom. 
For this reason, it is said in Ecclesiasticus, he that has not been tempted, what does he know? And he that has not been proved, what are the things that he recognizes? To this truth, Jeremiah bears good witness, saying, Thou didst chastise me, Lord, and I was instructed. And the most proper form of this chastisement, for one who will enter into wisdom, is that of the interior trials which we are here describing, inasmuch as it is these which most effectively purge sense of all favors and consolations to which it was affected, with natural weakness, and by which the soul is truly humiliated in preparation for the exaltation which it is to experience. For how long a time the soul will be held in this fasting and penance of sense cannot be said with any certainty. For all do not experience it after one manner, neither do all encounter the same temptations. For this is meted out by the will of God, in conformity with the greater or the smaller degree of imperfection, which each soul has to purge away, in conformity likewise with the degree of love of union to which God is pleased to raise it, he will humble it with greater or less intensity or in greater or less time. Those who have the disposition and greater strength to suffer, he purges with greater intensity and more quickly. But those who are very weak are kept for a long time in this night and he purges very gently and with slight temptations. Habitually, too, he gives them refreshments of sense so that they may not fall away, and only after a long time do they attain to purity of perfection in this life, some of them never attaining to it at all. Such are neither properly in the night nor properly out of it. For although they make no progress yet, in order that they may continue in humility and self-knowledge, God exercises them for certain periods and at certain times in those temptations and aridities, and at other times and in seasons he assists them with consolations, lest they should grow faint and return to seek the consolations of the world. Other souls, which are weaker, God himself accompanies, now appearing to them, now moving farther away, that he may exercise them in his love. For without such turnings away, they would not learn to reach God. But the souls which are to pass on to that happy and high estate, the union of love, are wont as a rule to remain for a long time in these aridities and temptations, however quickly God may lead them, as has been seen by experience. It is time then to begin to treat of the second night. Thank you for joining me today. The peace of Christ be with you.